Welcome to the COVID Cup, sorry, the Irish NFL show presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange Trust Gaming. Colin Cronin, uh, Brian O'Leary, hashtag where's Brian, Brian's in the bye week, Mark Cockerell. Boys, um, happy, well, happy Saturday. This is pre-recorded, going out on Saturday, looking at the slate of games on week 15 Sunday, which as of 9.38pm on Friday, Colin, is in a precarious situation? Well, I think probably the changes that are likely to happen, and I do caveat that, have been made. Uh, the teams with the most, the outbreaks, and I think what it was, was they were, you were continuing to see players test positive. So it's probably at this point that we have seen the changes be made. Uh, one of the games moved from tomorrow night, and two of the games moved from Sunday. Uh, if you're if you're living in the states in some ways, uh, you know it uh, means that you have now a football Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, sa- Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, so there's a, a whole host. I think eight of the next 10, 10 days uh, likely have football, and whilst obviously this is massively disruptive and has an impact, and you know you. For certain teams, uh, you know, if you if you don't have an outbreak, it must be frustrating in some ways. But equally, nobody was going to get paid. But one of the interesting things is this is very likely might be the last we see of this. And I say that because of a couple of tweets that have gone out um, literally about fifteen minutes before we started recording this. So. Um, Mike Florio uh, tweeted out to say one reason the league agreed to postpone the three games the union has agreed to work on further protocol modifications that will make it easier for teams with COVID issues to feel sufficient players that's an interesting one and that's not just Florio saying it because Charles Robinson also tweeted to say there was a growing backlash from players in the midst of all this particularly in the face of advanced protocols being resumed this weekend a swathe of players voice that they would like all COVID protocols and testing dropped permanently goes on to say neither the NFL nor the union appears to be on board with the total removal of COVID testing protocols, but the push by players will likely lead into the adjustment of the future testing regimen for vaccinated players and lead to less testing and fewer protocols. Um, so I would say we the, basically if you uh, if you if you don't test, you don't know. Um, and Games are very likely to, to, to go ahead. We've already seen some changes uh, made in relation to asymptomatic players. Um, the Lee, Roger Goodell wants 256, uh, well, it's more this year now, right? Um, he wants it all played. Billionaires want to make it happen. Billionaires get what they want. We're getting some disruption this weekend. The rest of the league will very likely proceed as planned. I don't think it will. Personally, I think vaccinated players will spread COVID. Some of those players will have symptoms. I think we're in trouble here personally. And I think the non-adherence by certain teams has, has it's just happened. I, I don't want to get into it too much. Uh, Mark, um, I think you need to set a president. A president was set last season. Games weren't moved for certain teams. And the Raiders have been done one this weekend. If you're the, if you're the Las Vegas Raiders standing apparently at McCarran Airport, you've been shafted. It's a joke. Am I wrong? 
Yeah, you are, because last year they did set the precedence and that was the games did get moved. And the only game that didn't necessarily get moved was one where the team failed to comply with the protocols appropriately, so the league punished them. Um, it, it gets about as simple as that. They did make adjustments to make sure that the, the games progressed as normal. They're going to do the same thing. And I'm actually entirely with Colin on this. I mean, the United States has a history, shall we say, of don't ask, don't tell about certain things. And I have a feeling that the NFL is going to be moving rather swiftly to that kind of mantra, uh, almost in a Boris Johnson type uh, uh, ignorance of COVID. What's, what's that now? And we should be fine, shouldn't we? It's almost like Buckner uh, Downing Street Party or things like that. And Roger Goodell, bear in mind, can't lose a by-election. So there's three political references in five minutes to keep people happy. But still, um, he can't <laughs> lose by election and the show must go on. The TV contracts must go on. And that is what is going to um, be dominant. And they are going to get through it. Frankly, I think Brian or Colin said it on the, the show the other night. There's a couple of weeks to get through. After that, you're dealing with reduced teams. You potentially can impose bubbles and things like that to ensure the postseason isn't affected. Because um, you're dealing with a smaller quantum of people, maybe, you know, maybe you don't do it in the first round, but um, for the championship games or something like that, that you can start to impose even greater uh, restrictions. Um, yes, it's the COVID Cup. Yes, it's the impact of Omicron. Um, and yes, there will still be delineation between vaccinated and unvaccinated players, right or wrong, whatever your beliefs are in relation to it. I think they've set the scene really clearly in that regard. Um, but it's chaos as well. Don't get me wrong. It's absolute chaos. Think about even the Christmas schedule and moving games to Tuesday, what that's going to do to the teams playing the following week in terms of creating a new short week for them. Um, so if your team's affected, we're sorry. But for a fan, you were saying it. We're going to have lots more football on. We're going to have lots more days when you can watch football. We're going to have a Monday night game at 10 o'clock our time. So uh, it's not all bad, Michael. See the... See the silver lining in the crack. Well, am I cursed? Uh, oh, is is this totally, my fault? You No, you're totally cursed because even you're the voice of doom there going, oh, it's not going to happen. I seem to remember when we started this show over a year ago, it was like the whole season won't be played. Games will be cancelled. We won't get the full 17 games. London game will be cancelled. Now, you know, it's well, just... well, look, I, I would say what I found interesting was Roger Goodell issued a memo. And if you look in the memo, he says that essentially he says this week is a big mess. Uh, I promise you that from next week onwards, the games are going to go ahead. And uh, I would say that he would not have issued that without talking to the owners. So I would say we're probably looking to get back on track after and, uh, you know, it is it has absolutely been a mess. It's been an insane week. I mean, we're used to crazy weeks in the NFL, but this has just been one thing after the next after the next. And uh, we're going to get into the games. But like what got lost in, in some of this was Florio went on Dan Patrick show and said that in the in relation to Deshaun Watson, that 18 of the 22 uh, cases were going to get, get sorted, but there were four that weren't, and that's why it didn't didn't happen. And that has got no no play today. Um, we, that all still has to to play out. You still have all of that going on, but obviously the the games are what we are here to talk about. Yeah, of course. Obviously, Mark, I don't think I said at one point in the off-season about maybe the season not going through fully. The season, well, I mean, look, I, aliens, 
could invade the US and the NFL game on a Sunday would still happen. I, I just, um, I think it's a fair explanation to have. If I, I personally think the Raiders have been shafted. It's not their fault what's going on. But it's funny though, and this is the last point I'll say on this. It is funny, you had a few weeks ago the, the OBJ situation where Daddy was was uh, tweeting or going on his gram and then he hit Baker last night on Twitter. So I'd love to work for the Browns because clearly you seem to get what you want eventually. So maybe I should just get a job there and, and move it up. Uh, look, next week it's great because like, there's no way those games can go ahead on those set days. They're going to have to move some of them. So for us, uh, over Christmas as fans, uh, we're going to have extra games. I'm sure that uh, certain TV providers in Ireland and, the, and in the UK will show those extra games because as of this recording right now, the uh, zone proceeding and other countries in Europe have announced they're showing every game on Monday and Tuesday this week. So I'm looking forward to that. And I have nothing more to say in the matter apart from I hope everybody's doing well, staying safe. And if they cancel the Bears-Vikings game, <laughs> I'm never coming on this show ever again. It was, it was always going to be the week you were going over, Michael. But look, if aliens came to land, don't tell Aaron Rodgers. I think he believes they've already come. So, you know, just, just keep that under the radar. And secondly, it's Power Rock Week this week. And as Queen used to sing, uh, the show must go on. So that's what's going to happen. If aliens arrive, I say we put Aaron Donald out front and we all stand behind him. I was just typing something there. I'm not finished. We're not finished with this conversation. We'll talk about this conversation during the offseason at some point. Very quickly, we obviously put a show out last night with Paddy Clifford. Uh, one element of that show was obviously, you know, at the time recording, we believed the Browns game would be on Saturday night. It's not. This show is going out Saturday lunchtime. Uh, we're going to roll through the picks here in a second. But obviously, we've got the Patriots against the Colts again tonight. I'm taking the Colts. Column, you're taking Patriots. Mark, you've got the... Please. Brian has got the Colts. Why? Because as of right now, it's on live right now. You can go on to uh, our social pages and also on YouTube and podcast and listen back to that there. First part of the show is potty. Last part of the show is tonight's game. Tonight's game's on late. Uh, I'm going to be in the States, so hopefully these boys can be in bed and I can tweet about it. But let's get into the action. Um, so that should be a great game tonight. Hopefully Mark has an awful Sunday morning. And we can talk about that at some point. Right. Enjoy the game, Mark. And Patriots here. Patriots Ghost fans must be buzzing because they've got a game over. And presume we're not going to talk about Thursday Night Football. We're not going to talk about the late holding call, DPI call. Uh, hopefully that player is okay for the Chargers. That was an awful situation. But uh, great game. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement well, there. Uh, it wasn't the cold. That wasn't the reason he was shaking. Uh, Joe yes. Buck. Um, ridiculous. Um, and yeah, look, the in, in relation, Michael, we talked about it in at the, the Bucks and, and Bills game, and I was going to mention it actually in, in relation to, to the Bills, but um, it's relevant here now. So, uh, Bills Mafia, uh, great moment. They uh, spent the, the week raising money for a visual impairment organization and donated on behalf of NFL referees, which was a fitting tribute to some of the decisions that we have seen this year. Lovely, lovely. Uh, Mark, we, we, we actually have a segment from Brian, which we'll play it towards the end of the show. Uh, but are, are you happy to move on or, or do you want to make a quick comment in Fairs Night Football? 
Great game. Yeah, no, I just I, well, two quick comments actually. When we uh, would have pre-recorded and talked about the uh, uh, the Colts game, for example, and the Pats game, one notable uh, absentee which has been announced today is that Damian Harris won't play for the Pats tonight. So uh, the hamstring gone there. That is a loss. That's a big loss. But hopefully, Ramondre Stevenson for Pats fans will step up. Um, whereas Colts with their stingy defense, especially led by Darius Leonard, will be. Uh, Slicking their lips and very happy about that point of information. Uh, Thursday night football it was a cracking game. I mean, it was an absolute bonkers game in many respects. When you know your lead kickoff goes and gets an eighty-yard return, but then falls over his own feet trying to line up his last block, you know it's going to be a crazy game. When the Chargers set a record for the first team, I think in history, I remember seeing the stat or the first team since nineteen seventy to get stopped. On first and goal within the five-yard line twice within the first half and go oh. for it on fourth and goal both times and fail in the first 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 team since the 1986 San Diego uh, Chargers. That's the stat, and it was against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, it uh, was. Exactly 37 years depart. That's what it was, um, which was the last time that occurred. I, to I the day, to the day. Bizarro land, bizarro land. I mean, you've got to applaud Brandon Staley in one respect. He's going to let his players play. He's going to trust in them. He's going to say, you go do it. I believe in you. I'm going for a fourth down. I'm going for a fourth down. But there is a little part where it's like, yeah, Brandon, some, some points might be nice here as well. Um, what's that fine line between aggression and uh, you know taking the, the points when they're available? I, I still feel he leans a bit too far on the aggressive side. But my God, did they put it up? I'm obviously I picked the Chargers last night. I thought they had enough to do it. They did perform extremely well um, at times, but just made critical mistakes at the wrong point in time. And let's face it, that last overtime drive, you of course expected that we hear the usual chance of, oh, Justin Herbert didn't get a chance to reply. It's like, it's overtime, guys. There's got to be some rule. It's got to end at some point. Um, remarkable how Chiefs fans aren't, bringing up the AFC Championship game from a couple of years ago when they're on the right side of that coin flip. Yeah, just a strange occurrence, that. Um, and Travis Kelsey's final touchdown was a bit laboured, but managed to weave in and out of charges and seal the game. Good game, great game for neutral. Both teams will be entertaining the playoffs. And let's see how interesting it will be if the Chargers met up against the Chiefs yet again in the playoffs. I don't think they'd be frightened of that matchup. So interesting times abound. I can I just I think though, Mark, that both teams should get one possession and then go to sudden death. Uh, I you know, especially like you've got Patrick Holmes against Justin Herbert. Um watching that as the divisional foe. Um they, yeah, that's gonna be quite something for the next decade. Um it's gonna take a lot more than a, a day two project or a journeyman to uh, go up against those two. But a, a brilliant game. I just think both should have the opportunity. Uh, but for for Kelsey, a, a hundred and ninety one yards. You yeah. you cannot allow like if you don't stop Kelsey, he'll do to do all sorts to to you. And he was fantastic. Can, can I just say, Michael Kelsey? I think was one hundred ninety one yards. Hill was one hundred and forty, and then Pringle was twenty two. Like yeah, it's still through those two so strongly. They did, you know, they rushed for about 90 odd yards against the Chargers, about 4.3 lick. It wasn't earth shattering. Mahomes was still the top rusher for them, um, for example. So it, it is 
still the 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 trifecta that will design that will um, dictate whether or not that offense is effective or not. Actually, random trivia question, boys, because I only saw it during the week. Which quarterback matchup is the most commonly, which is the most common quarterback matchup in the history of the NFL? Which two quarterbacks faced off the most against each other? Really, Manning? Nope. 16 times, but not not the biggest, the most. It, it would be be an interdivisional. Um... Favre against someone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'll, I'll put you out of your misery, but um, I believe this is accurate. I definitely saw it during Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. And you kind of they go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But it's not exactly a, you know, a lauded matchup that we would go, oh, yeah, remember that storied matchup between those two guys. Strange. But anyway, useless information on Saturday night, Michael. Of course, look, and um, I I enjoyed the game. I actually enjoyed watching the charge. I actually felt that first drive. It was awful what happened in that. I think that really took the steam out of it. And you could see they were really, I, I, I was sitting in my house going, oh my God, when I watched it. Um, they weren't that far off. They messed it up themselves. I liked them going for four for the first time, uh, go, going for it in fourth down. And very, very, very quickly, it went to overtime. My Sky Q box said it ends at 4.08 a.m. It's 4.04 a.m. And I'm like, the Chiefs have the ball. And I'm like, oh. So, yes, it is what it is. Uh, so, basically, the Massive disclaimer ahead of all these games. We're going to roll through a few ones very quickly here. Big disclaimer this weekend. We don't know what's going to happen with COVID. It's getting to the point now where we're literally sitting here talking. Andy Dalton has just been placed on the COVID reserve list. Will I get to a game this weekend? I have a flight at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. And this is a disaster. I might have to end up going to the Cowboys against the Giants. And I don't want to do that. Let's get straight into it. The Panthers are 5-8 and eight going to the Bills 7-6. and six. Call them the Bills 7-6. and six. Oof, it's getting close to 0.500. Um, what's your thoughts on this game? Who's going to win? Yeah, the the Bills, I think, have uh, lost three of the last four and obviously got off to a really bad start last week, only to, to come back. But it, a lot of that was on Josh Allen and the Josh Allen show, putting the team on his back uh, in terms of rush, being the top rusher, in terms of throwing the ball it was all the on josh allen he left the stadium in a boot though apparently he was a full participant in training today um that's friday so he is good to go and he will start uh so at least for the the bills they have their qb situation sorted the the panthers have they have real problems on the offensive side of the ball you lose cmc uh, and we talked about it on, on Monday. I call it QB uh, hokey-cokey because in, out, in, out, and shake it all about. Cam is yet to win a game as a starter. They put PJ Walker in, Sam Darnold, I believe, um, is, you know, potentially activated. But Cam is the, the starter, apparently, for, for this one. Had to be pulled from the last two games. Um, and remember that, like, the last time out, it was against the Falcons. Not exactly noted for their defensive prowess, shall we say, whereas this Bills team is. So that would be the, the big concern. 
um you know the it, what should be really good is Gilmore versus Diggs that should be fascinating to to watch as long as Allen actually is um is fit because the, the Panthers are very good against the pass and in fairness to their defense it's definitely not on their defense um that their season has been so disappointing it is on the the offense but he like Matt Rule's decision making has been suspect um, I would say now it has been an unusual season, but I think the people are beginning to ask the question, is Matt Rule a hindrance in Carolina? And he needs to, you know, definitively show that he isn't over the, the course of the, the back end of the season. I just don't think they're going to have enough. I think the Bills have got to get back on track. And I think that defense will not allow the Panthers score enough points. So for me, the Bills are going to win this one. Um, and they they will then go to eight and six. Bri Bri is going with Buffalo. Let's go, mm-hmm. Buffalo. You got Mark? Well, it, it's pretty simple, Mark. I mean, the Panthers started three and oh. So just think of that. They're on a two and eight run at the moment. And, uh, you know, Colm talks about the hokey cokey. There's nothing more hokey-cokey than their offensive line at the moment. They've had nine different combinations during the season. And it really is a case of in, out, in, out, shake it all about or get shaken all about uh, is what's ultimately happening to them. Um, you know, Matt Rule, what Colin was saying, I mean, like, it's it's been a grind for them. Now, not as much of a grind as Urban Meyer had at time to time, but it was still um, he, he's another college coach struggling in the migration into the NFL. Um, the Bills, of course, aren't on a great run themselves, only winning two of their last six. Um, but this is definitely a get-right game for them and a great opportunity to bounce back from a disappointing last couple of weeks and get right for a massive AFC showdown the following week against the Patriots. So I'm on the Bills as well. We have got a full house. This, why well, even going into proper analysis for this game? <laughs> The Bills cannot go 7-7. Seven seven. A team that was one step away last year from the big time cannot go 7-7 seven and seven with the talent they have on that team. I, I did like that as well. Uh, Highmark Stadium, home game for the Bills. Bills have to win this game. Have to win it. I think they win it comfortably. I'll take them. I think they're... I'll take them on the handicap. They're like minus, minus 9.5. I'll take them every day of the week on that. Presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. One Just final point. Oh, one one caveat that I have I have just seen pop up is that Deion Dawkins is out with COVID nineteen. That's a big loss against the a Panthers pass rush that started the season really well, um, has really cooled down. And um, I don't know if they got to Matt Ryan at all last week. I, I don't know if they they did. And and Matt Ryan has taken a lot of sacks this year, so you'd have to to worry. But losing Dawkins, uh, when you've got Brian Burns and uh, Hassan Reddick, that that would be something of a concern. Josh Allen better be fit because he might need to do a fair bit of running. That's a big loss, Dion. Dion Dublin out for the for the <laughs> game this week. Um, stairs leading up to your bedrooms, Mark. Uh, there was de- there was definitely a, a rock song about "Run for Your Life" by Steppenwolf, I think. So uh, there's your pop, there's your rock reference. But um, yeah, what one thing is the caveat I would make is remember the Bills lost to the Jags, and if they lost the Jags, they can literally lose to anyone. But Sean McDermott is going back against his old team. 
Brandon Bean obviously was an executive there for a number of years. These these guys would have highlighted this game right at the start of the season. And there's no way that McDermott wants to lose to the Panthers. So um can't can't see it, but who knows? Yes, sir. We have got the Cardinals going up against the binary lions. One, 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 one. Colin, who have you got in this game? I, I like what Dan Campbell's doing. I, I know it's gonna take time. Yeah, look, I think for for the Lions, they just don't have the players. And in fairness to the, the Lions, like they're we're seeing the games get changed this weekend, right? The Lions had 21 players on um the uh, out last weekend. So in Dan Campbell could definitely make a fair point and say, you know, if Washington, if the Browns and if the Rams are, are getting moved, you know, what about us? Uh, but that's the the issue, I, I think, for them, is they just don't have the roster there. They are playing for, for Dan Campbell. They clearly like him. They um, But it, it's tough slogging. And they played well for, you know, a quarter, a quarter and a half, you'd say, last weekend against Denver. And then the gulf in, in quality ju- just showed and, and they, they kind of fell away. For the cards, though, they're without D-hop until the NFC Championship game at best, at best. So it's really going to be probably the AJ Green show and uh, Christian Kirk, you would imagine. Um, I mean, the the cards did lose as well, uh, but they lost to, to the Rams. And ultimately, it was the penalties that cost them because Matt Prater does a really good onside kick. They have the opportunity penalties kill them the way to get at this cards team is you know unless you have matthew stafford and uh the cooper cup uh, you can get at them on the ground i feel but the the lions don't have the the players craig reynolds um who i heard was nicknamed netflix because apparently when he got the the call to to come in he was on the couch uh he and uh he, he's a nickname Netflix as a as a result. So he has been grinding for years to get a chance. He did get a chance against the Broncos, and he he did what he could. He will get another opportunity. It'll be it's great to see that kind of storyline in the league of, of somebody who has kind of been trying to break in for years and years, and finally after four or five years knocking on the door, gets the the opportunity to actually be a starter. So I I hope he does well. But the Cardinals are going to want to bounce back after the disappointment of losing to the Rams. I think they they will do, and they go eleven and three. The uh, Lions' binary number there, Michael, is uh, fifteen. One 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 is fifteen in total. Uh, fifteen was the name of a song by Taylor Swift, you know, and that would have been a lovely lead-in to DeAndre Swift. But the problem is. He's not playing. So um, that whole Taylor DeAndre reference kind of goes out the window. But he's not playing. I'll tell you someone else who isn't playing. TJ Hawkinson's now gone season ending IR in Detroit. You start to look around and you obviously, Jared Goff has not had a good season down there. It's like, well, even if they could take advantage of some of the people missing for the cards, James Connor's ankle injury is day to day. And obviously, as the column alluded to, D hopped out. Um, who have they got? Where is it coming from? Um, they don't have the players. They've got issues with COVID. Dan Campbell, unlike some fired 
coaches from the NFL might have a legitimate claim to say to his coaching staff, there's a better coaching staff at Bowling Green, but he's actually got too much class and respect for the game and for his team to turn around and say something like that. The Lions can only hope for the future. They aren't a good football team this year, um, but the dude abides. Cards will win this game. I like what Don Campbell's doing with the Lions. It's going to take time. They're not good, but I like his coaching style. He needs to be given as much time as possible, maybe two or three years, because that team's going nowhere. A franchise is going nowhere unless they have some sort of stability. Let's see what happens. Brian's going with the cards. Mark's going with the cards. And I'm going to go with a guy that got 383 yards on the day and still lost last week, Kyler Murray. I don't want to sit here and say they have no hope in hell, but they haven't. I'm really sorry. Like They're not going to win this game. So I'm going to move on. Uh, and talk about, well, enjoy the game. We're going to move on and talk about the Texans and the Jaguars, right? Fun fact. Oh, God damn it. Right, here. I paid nearly £300 Queen's British Sterling to watch this game at Wembley two or three years ago. I say this every time. These, I think he seems to pay what, twice a year, not in the playoffs anyway. And, um, like, it's still beggar's belief to me that, that this, is a, this is a game in the NFL. 2-11, uh, 2-11... Somebody has to win, Colin. Why can't it be the Texans? Your favorite team. Uh, why can't it? Because the feel-good factor around Jacksonville is palpable. You could you could sense it in Dublin today. Uh, you know, um, S- Sarah Palin can see Russia from her house, and you could feel. Uh, how Jacksonville, every single player who has taken to the podium has looked reborn, looked re-energized. The, 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 you know, the, the interim HC has come in and he said all the right things in the press conference. It was like the antithesis of Urban Meyer. He named Robinson, he said he's our starting running, running back and we will play him as such. He de- avoided kind of any getting into the the controversy other than explaining exactly what had happened urban had left had left uh, the building not come back um i i presume somebody will be tasked with packing his stuff into a box and sending it to a bar in ohio for him to pick up at some point but i i just think that what you're you're looking at is a side who are going to be free from that i mean we know now that he was kicking players in training in August. I mean, is it is it any? It, it's it's a wonder that they performed at all. Like you know, we we've heard about all the arguments about players walking out. We know that it was Marvin Jones giving out the game ball in London. I'm really interested to see the impact, both in terms of Trevor Lawrence, who's been disappointing. You would have to say overall, nine touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. Want to see what it means for Robinson and want to, to see what it means uh, for the, the defense. But it's it's not like, you know, they're going to be magically transformed. I mean, they may get a performance, but they're going to struggle over the, the course of the rest of the season. I do think that they will have enough to get to Davis Mills, and that will cause problems for the Texans. I'm going to go with the, the Jags to get the bounce and to beat the, the Texans. And the the Texans, it'll be the Texans and and the Lions, I think, in the running for that uh, first overall pick. Gents, I mean, 
this is almost in historic levels of ineptitude. The scoring offense and defense of both these teams. The Texans offense is 32 in scoring. Jack's offense is 31. Texans defense is 29 in scoring, but 31 in uh, for the Jacks. It's 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 bad. Like it it's really really bad. Um, this this is not a good matchup. These are not two good teams. The records are exactly what they show. If you're going historically, the Texans, I think, have won the last seven matchups against the Jags. So they will feel that they're they're bunny. But, I mean, who is in those games? Like, most of the players that played them are completely irrelevant to the game we have before us. Texans will probably have the best player on the pitch in, in many respects in Brandon Cooks, uh, although the Jags might point to a certain Mr. Um, Mr. Lawrence or, or, or others, and even James Robinson in relation to this. So there, there's definitely uh, uh, different ways you could take this. But for me, the breath of fresh air just to escape the tyranny, and it was tyranny, you know, of Urban Meyer. I mean, do you know what? The Texans aren't Alabama, that's for sure, Urban. But, you know, it, one of the great lines I saw is Urban found it difficult to, to win games when the other team also paid its players. Um, so, you know, with that in mind, and with the relief <laughs> the Jaguars, I'll go with them to win this one. Okay, who, who is the author of that remark? Because that is fantastic. I, I can't honestly remember. I saw it and I, I, I loved it. I wish I could give it due credit. It certainly isn't me, Colin, but I thought it was beautiful. Brian is taking the uh, Jaguars. Uh, let's never forget about Josh Lambeau. Do you know what? What I might do is... I'm I might smash into somebody just to make me feel better. Just to make me feel better. Well, I'll tell you what, Urban Meyer, boys, Louis Walsh could have done a better job at coaching the Jaguars team. You look like a kicker. You kick like a kicker. You're a born kicker. That's all he had to say. He didn't kick him. He didn't have to do anything. Um, look, there are fan pages out there. There's Houston Texans, Ireland. There's a Irish Jaguar who we need to get on the show. At some point over the next few weeks, uh, only found his profile over there. The reality is, I, I don't, I don't care about this game at all. But I do think the Jaguars will win the game uh, and move to three and eleven. I think the feel good factor, as you boys said, will be there. Leviska Chenault, is, is he playing? Is he playing? I'm going to pick him up in my fantasy team this week. Brian's not in fantasy semifinals, just in case anyone cares. You in that league, Mark? No. No, 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 Michael. And do, do you know, no one cares about your fancy team, but that's that's another one. The only thing more annoying about fancy is people talking about their fancy teams. Okay, well, I still think it's more interesting in this game. I'm going with, with the Jaguars. And Urban, it's been real. Do you remember the time we were chatting to him in the press conference call and he looked like he, he looked like he was great crack. In that press conference, he looked like he was having it. Great crack. Fast forward two weeks later, and he was in a he was in some sort of bar in like Alabama. Or, I don't, where, where was that again? Where was he? That was up. That was up in Ohio. 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 Okay. Right. Uh, from one good game to another good game, we have got the New York Jets, um, and insert name here a quarterback. I'm only joking. Zach Wilson's back. Yeah, three and ten. Dolphins six and seven. Interesting record for the Dolphins. I would say by this point, uh, Mark, that the AFC East may be gone for Miami. 
Uh, yeah, I think the AFC East is gone, but a wild card is not out of the question necessarily. I mean, there are a bunch of teams we said before and seven and six there, but the Dolphins at six and seven are not out of the woods and not out of the hunt. So they need to finish the games. They need to finish against the Jets. And uh, I think they will. I've picked the Dolphins on this. I don't rate the Jets organization or Zach Wilson sufficiently. And I do rate what the Dolphins are doing. Rob, who have you got? I, I, it's been a very tough year for Zach Wilson. It, it really, really has. And six uh, touchdowns, 11 interceptions, sacked um, three plus times, at least three times on every single start. You, you know, it, it just hasn't gone the way they, they wanted it to go. And I don't think it's going to get any easier against a blitz happy Dolphins team. The Dolphins really came to life in the the game against the Ravens, I feel, and they they found their their mojo on defense, and they have just made life so difficult for quarterbacks since then. The Dolphins still have issues, absolutely, but this is a team coming off of five straight wins, and Tua has been playing really well. Gazicki and Jalen Waddle are, you know, his two main guys, and and Waddle has been uh, fantastic this year. He he has absolutely taken to the league like uh, the proverbial duck to water. I just think that you know the they they are going to shut the the Jets down. The issue for the Jets in particular has been. The scoring points, you know, they a couple of weeks ago against the Eagles, they scored 18 before the half, and that was the most they've scored all season. They then obviously fell off after that. So they might get some pressure up the middle, put a bit of pressure on Tua. I think the Dolphins will probably be pleased in, in, in ways if that were to happen because they this is all about seeing what Tua actually has. But I think the Dolphins are... are going to go to 500 after this game which given where they were that is quite i think the the place for them to to be that was good timing getting mark to give us a pick i'm sure mark will be back very soon hope you're well mark and um, keep her lit as, as you say up here in Toronto. jets this week good news for fans in the uk and ireland the jets have committed to the market internationally I think the dolphins have as well haven't they or they've went spain i'm not sure the dolphins are in the uk or not uh, I'll come back to you now, but they, they went with Spain uh, and Brazil. Apparently, there's like no Dolphins fans in Brazil, so I'm really intrigued to see what's going on there. The Jets, I just can't see how they're going to get a win in this game. Jalen Waddle, um, 90 for nine or nine for 90 last week, 90 yards. He's looked really, really good, and I think two will just turn it on against the Jets. And honestly, I think, I think the defense will have this game over early. It's even higher if he's playing. Like this, this is the problem this week of picks. I literally don't know who's in or out with COVID. So I'm presuming these guys are playing. Uh, as long as two is playing, as long as, as long as he's got some sort of receiver to give it to, or if he can give it to Miles Gaskin, they should win this game. Maybe like 21-10. Is that fair enough? Yeah? Do you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, I, oh. I think I think oh. something something in that region is probably what, what you're you're looking at, yeah. Okay, happy days. He's back. He's back. I think he's on mute, but it's all good. But he's here. The next game. Ho ho. Uh, let's let, let's just bring Brian in very quickly on this. 
Friends, sorry I couldn't be with you tonight for the show. Um, I should be back on Monday reviewing a crazy week 15. Three really, really big games in particular for me this weekend. First of all, obviously, Saturday night, Mark's Patriots trying to keep up with the Chiefs for that number one seed. Down on Sunday, we've got the Titans who are also in the running for that number one seed. Go to the Steelers. Steelers who will be looking to bounce back off that difficult loss last week in Minnesota. On the NFC side, I suppose the standout game in the weekend has to be the Packers going to the Ravens against another AFC side. Packers are informed. Rodgers, despite that toe injury, looks, still looks like he's potentially going to be in an MVP season. Will the Ravens have Lamar Jackson back? It's touch and go with his play. I still feel the Packers will have more than enough to keep hold of that number one seed, which they got after Cardinals' loss on Monday night. And uh, finally, I just want to wish Colm a happy birthday. Congratulations, Colm. Welcome to the 40s club. Um, I, I made a commitment to go out and celebrate your birthday, and that's the reason why I'm not there this evening. Happy birthday, mate, and enjoy the show. Talk to you on. I genuinely thought he was going to pick this game. I swear to God. I thought, right, we'll, we'll put him on now. We'll, we'll get his pick on. And no, he didn't. He wished you a happy birthday and said, happy birthday, Colin. Uh, th thanks. And I hope Brian is enjoying celebrating my birthday. Mark, are you, are you with us? Okay. I think this... Okay. Uh, you're probably too young for 2001, uh, a, a space odyssey, Michael, but it feels very like Hal has uh, taken over Mark's computer. The only but, Hal that I know is Hal from Marco in the middle. Uh, let's let's go oh, through this. Great game. show. Now, Brian is picking the Cowboys. Ooh, like, I thought he hated the Cowboys. Here he is. Here he is. He's back. He's back. Colin, go for it. Who's going to win this game? I'm sure it won't take you too long to get through this game. Um, I I think can get why Brian is picking the the Cowboys. I think everyone is waiting to see who exactly uh, is going to be playing uh, quarterback for the Giants. I, I think the fact that there is any talk of it being Daniel Jones is crazy. He has structural damage, and I saw a report saying that like if he was to to be hit in a certain way or fall a certain way. Um, you could be looking at paralysis. So the fact that they're even talking about playing him, just what's going on with the the Giants in from the owner down? It's it's another one. Uh, John Mara, who um, gave us Joe Judge, gave us the taunting rule and giving us more of Joe Judge. Thanks, John. Um, the this for me, I suppose, two things from this game realistically because these are two teams kind of headed in, in different directions. It's the, the Cowboys defense, which has been so good um, and can, you know, have it back to full strength now. So they're able to use Micah Parsons all over the field. Um, it gives you an extra option. Uh, whoever plays QB for the Giants, it could be a very long afternoon. I, for for the Giants, it's all about seeing if they can get at the Cowboys on the ground. I think that's the best way to to go about it. But the other big big thing about this is Dak is definitely in something of a slump. The last four games, four touchdowns, five interceptions. The run game is is sputtering. So for the Cowboys, it's about trying to to get that back on track. I do think they'll have enough just because. The, the Giants have so many kind of players out, so many questions at, at QB and questions. I mean, we know that the general manager is out the door. Will the head coach follow him? Um, I, I think essentially the, the Giants can't wait for the end of the, the season to come. The Cowboys are trying to find some form before the playoffs. 
Jens, I mean, this is this is rather straightforward. Like you saw it last week. Um, Neville Gallimore back. Randy Gregory again, the the key false fumble. Micah Parsons doing Micah Parsons things, which we all now start to expect, even after only 13 games of your career. This Cowboy defensive line now reflecting all the players they wanted to start from the beginning is going to have lunch, toast, whatever you want to say, dinner, dinner. They're going to have the offensive line of the Giants as a snack. Uh, you know, they might get a sack or two as an aperitif, maybe a strip sack, maybe a couple of false fumbles, maybe an interception or two of yeah, Daniel Jones if he plays and they decide to try and paralyze him. Mike Glenn or Jake Fromm, who they recently acquired. Let's be clear about this. It does not matter if Daniel Jones, Mike Lennon, or Jake Fromm plays quarterback. It does not matter if Jesus Christ himself rose again and came back and played at quarterback. The New York Giants are not winning this football game. Brian, that's the best reverse curse I can possibly do for you. I'm picking the Cowboys every day. You, you actually done the, the Jesus Christ thing. Fair, fair play to you. Um, this is an intriguing game. And because Brian's here, I will put this on. But I, I have to be frank to you, boys. This game isn't even a matchup. It's not going to play. Oh, my, here. I don't know what's going on tonight. See, see some of these videos. Like, I actually can't get them going. It's literally a disaster. I'm really annoyed because I spent time on this. A lot of time on this. This is the only thing I have to say about this game. Uh, and here it is. We used to be giants. When did we stop? When did it stop? Around 20, 2012 or so. And by the way, YouTube, we can put that on for four seconds without any credit. But it was Dermot Kennedy, an Irishman, so I'm sure he'll be happy for us to use it. It stopped around the early, uh, the, the early last uh, decade, 2011, 2012. They haven't been here since. Mike Lennon is not a, is not a factor in this game in any way whatsoever and quite frankly boys this game should be over by the end of the first quarter if the cowboys really mean anything this season uh it won't be because elliot will run for six shards and go and then pollard is pollard even playing i don't know what's going on there but the cowboys should still win this comfortably quite frankly though doc prescott should be benched at halftime if it is the way i think it's going to go and i'm sorry for being so negative on the giants i don't mind the giants they're just crap and daniel jones i completely agree with you colin there's something not right there at all and time will tell what's going on but there was something not right anyway in week one of them so that's a whole different conversation let's get into the meaty bones of the week the titans nine and four the steelers six six one this is an intriguing game because i'm really intrigued to see somebody's picks column i'll, I'll talk about my selection more in a minute but i i think there's a standout team here a team getting back into form What's your thoughts ahead of this game this week? Well, I'm really interested to see if um, Chase Claypool will continue his Jamiroquai impersonations when his team is chasing a game and uh, he decides to, you know, it's more important to to celebrate it and then he doesn't take any responsibility whatsoever in the post-game press conference. Great stuff, Chase. That's fantastic. Bet Mike Tomlin was delighted, especially following your I Want Music at training. Um, that's a really good way to go about proving uh, the point. Um, uh, yeah. 
So despite that, I I think that this comes down to which Steelers team is going to show up because the the Titans the Titans defense has has been very good and I I think it's their defense much more than their offense that's carried them. I think their offense has gotten away with it at times. They got 20 points last week against the the Jaguars where we already knew, you know, things were really bad with Urban. It was a matter that he was going to go at the end of the season and yet they struggled and they're missing AJ Brown, they're missing Derrick Henry, but something just feels not quite right on that on that offense. They they give up in spurts, they give up ridiculous amounts of sacks. Um, and if if you get to Tannehill early, it's potentially that he gives up three, four, or the line gives up three, four, five sacks. And the the Steelers have enough. Um, even without TJ Watt, and we don't know there's a groin injury there, you know, how fit is he? Um, the, the Steelers can get to him, and I think that could could be one way the Steelers could definitely win it. For the Titans, I'm, I'm sure we'll see plenty of Harold Landry getting at Big Ben, and that line certainly uh, hasn't done Ben any favours, but we've begun to see Najee Harris get, you know, he against the Vikings last week. And yes, it was the Vikings run defense, but he did get going. Deontay Johnson um, had, had another solid game. And I just think at home with their backs against the wall, that's when this Steelers team, you know, come, come to life. I think my uh, Mike Tomlin will have them up for it. And I think that this Titans team, they're going to the playoffs, but they're capable of of losing um, games they should win, and I think this is one where the Steelers are going to go back above five hundred. Oh my God! Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Jen, I like they they I like again. I mean, it's the NFL. It is this is a Titans team that have a number of injuries. The, the they have lost the best running back in the game, and they've lost their number one right wide receiver. That's tough wherever you're going. And when you're going into Pittsburgh against Mike Tomlin, against the Steelers team, that isn't a, a gray, it's not, it's obviously not a vintage team. It's not even a particularly, you know, very good Steelers team. But their fans are going to want them to put a performance up. And I think Mike Tomlin can get them up enough to, to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. Dermot Kennedy, Mark is going with the Steelers. Dermot Kennedy's going with the Steelers, good to hear. Um, look, I, I totally understand where Colin's coming from on the Steelers. You look at that Titans team. They've lost two of the last three games. They scraped by the Saints 23-21 the game before that. I'm thinking like the post-Henry era. They only put 13 points up in the next two games and lost them. And then last weekend, yeah, they won, but it was the Jags. So does it really count? And they still only put 20 points up. So they, they are... I'm not saying dysfunctional. They are not operating at normal standards. Not something to be expected when you lose the, te- the best running back or at least the best one or two running backs, uh, depending if you want to rank someone slightly higher in the NFL. But here's the thing. Um, Robert Spillane's coming back for the Steelers, so this might help key inside linebacker there. But we give out about the Chargers run defense all the time. We talk about the Chargers run defense. We talk about that weakness. We were talking about it on Thursday night. Who's got the worst run defense in the entire league? The Pittsburgh Steelers. They're giving up five. 
One thing we know for absolute certain that the Tennessee Titans are going to do is run the ball. They're going to run more than they pass. They're going to run, run, run. And yes, if they over-index towards that, get Tannehill out on bootlegs, get Tannehill out uh, on play action, and it's a good formula for success. Um, the Titans, as we talk about, are still very much in the box seat and in the running for the first overall seed. I get what Colin was saying. I get the passion of uh, Mike Tomlin and his great coaching ability. Um, but something is not right in the state of Ohio. And I reckon the Tennessee Titans will run, run, and run some more. And they will use that run game to dominate uh, the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers line. And they'll win the game. Ooh, bup, 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 bup. Uh, the thing is, the, the, the Titans, all fair play, the Titans have struggled in recent weeks. But there have been many teams in this league that have struggled and we have called them out. For example, the offensive struggles of the Chiefs in the last couple of months. And they've, they've got it going again. But we call I called them out something serious. I, I think, you know, this is a 17-game season with a, with playoffs afterwards and hopefully for teams the Super Bowl. They're 9-4. and four. They shut the Jaguars out last week. Albeit, it could be like a training session game. But they still done it. And they've got injuries. And they've been inconsistent. They were inconsistent when they went... Well, they were very inconsistent in that game against Indianapolis, regardless of the result. They kept getting forward and getting back. Tannehill needs to find a way to make this work against the Steelers, but not just in the past game. He needs to get Hillman and Foreman in this game in the run. If he can get that going, he's not going to have a problem. I think Westbrook Ikine will have a good game at wide receiver, and the Titans defense will show up against the Steelers. I have the Titans winning this game and moving to 10-4, and and I actually think they're going to make a run of the AFC in the last few weeks of the season. For me, I, yeah, I really absolutely, do. Michael. And, and look, one thing I uh, know Colin called out, um, quite rightly, Harold Landry in the season he's on TJ Watt of the Steelers on 16 sacks, NFL leading. Could Michael Strahan's 22 and a half sack record be under threat, especially by TJ? There, see, could if TJ finish the season? What's that? Hopefully, he will. Hopefully, TJ will actually finish the season. And and for fans who remember, that's not really 22 and a half, it's 21 and a half. And then Brett Favre decided to give himself up for a bear hug. So, you know, sorry, Brian. Fake fake record, fake news for Lions fans there. We've got uh, four games to go. We're going to look at another game now. The Bengals going up against the Broncos in Mile High. Really intriguing game because both teams are in seven and six. And then teams that, well, for example, the Broncos column have got a few run-in games against the AFC West. The Bengals are the same in their division. Uh, intriguing game should be, a, hopefully, for neutrals, a good offensive game for both teams. Well, I think it'll be a good, like it'll be a, a battle certainly in terms of the Bengals' offense against the Broncos' defense because Burrow was fantastic last weekend. I thought to coming back, yeah. I mean, I, I think Mark we discussed it on Monday, and you pointed out he had a couple of quarters where he wasn't so good, but when the when it came when it came crunch time. He, he is money. He puts it uh, where he needs to put it. And he it's not the just the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase show anymore. T. Higgins has uh, the last three games over 100 yards. Going up against a Broncos secondary that has been very good overall, particularly in terms of not giving up big, big plays. Um, you know, the Broncos tend to... Uh, take a uh, you know away the the big plays, make you play underneath, 
so it'll be interesting to see how Burrow uh, approaches that. Um, the the Broncos have at times been susceptible to to the run, so we'll see how they do against Mixon. I think though the for the Broncos the the question really is um, can they exploit the weaknesses in the Bengals because the Bengals are, are decent against the run and the Broncos now have a one-two punch. Um, Javante Williams was carrying a knee injury, but apparently will be good to go. But where this Bengals team have really struggled at times is where you can take advantage of them in the secondary. And that's what um, teams have been able to do. That's what Mike White was was able to, to do. I I, that that I think this is where the the Broncos have paid uh, a lot of money for their wide receivers. Their young tight ends are highly regarded. Now it's time for Teddy Bridgewater to, and uh, that O line um, to to show what they can do. I did see a stat this week that in terms of pass blocking, um, the Broncos O line is uh, ranks bottom of the the league, which is surprising given Mike Munchak is there but I think this is this is a game where they have to show up and they they will need to give Teddy some time to get the ball to his uh, wide receivers but watch for Trey Hendrickson uh, he's on a, a nine game streak where he has at least one sack and I'm sure he will be looking to, to add to that because it's that mile high I'm going to go with the the Broncos but this really is a game where loser you know, winner advances and, and is in with a shot. I would only say a shot of the, the playoffs, but the loser goes home. Um, a centaur from Greek mythology was a half man and half horse. And if you could take these two teams and take Joe Burrow and put him into the Broncos lineup, I think you'd have a team that could win not only the AFC West, but actually the AFC North and probably the AFC East and the AFC South for good measure. Um, he is a fantastic talent and column, yes. I mean, that fourth quarter, I was purring watching him because sometimes it's after not having a great performance, can you do it when it really matters? And he's proven time and time again, even in his short career, that he can. Started the season a little rocky, a bit worried about his recovery from the injury, but has come back so strong uh, that we're very comfortable with him in terms of his future and how exciting it must be for Bengals fans there. On the flip side, for the Broncos, you know, they're, they're above 500. They've been putting it together. Uh, very talented young running back and starting to build something you'd like to think under George Patton and what they're developing. I still think you need a new head coach. You definitely need a new quarterback. And in that regard, this is a this is a flipping game. I mean, I can see make a really strong argument for either side to win. And you're right. This is actually one of the most fascinating games of the weekend because it is so much implications for the playoffs. Toss a coin if you're in any way conflicted. I tossed a coin. It came down for the Bengals, but it's not that I don't believe the Broncos can win. I just fancy Joe Mixon and, yes, the wonderful Joe Burrow to do enough. So I'll go Bengals. The thing I'll say is Joe Mixon, albeit he had 68 yards last week, um, he didn't really show up last week against the 49ers in many occasions. He was held, and I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think if the Bengals are going to get ahead in this game, it's that combination of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, even Hendrickson as well in the defense. Look, this team, the Bengals team, are exciting. Um, 
which team do I think would go further in the playoffs if it was between these two teams? Honestly, the Bengals. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna put it out there because they have the quarterback, they have what can tick. But it's the Bengals. They may find a way to mess it up. Have has Joe Burrow got the protection? I don't think he has in this game in Malhai. I think the Broncos defense are gonna go at him, and I think Justin Simmons will have a really really good day on Sunday. But the the X factor in this game is Teddy Bridgewater. All you have to do is hand the ball off to Javante Williams twice, twice. Maybe second down, you can throw the ball. Just, just run the ball. That's all they have to do. And if Teddy can do a few short snap passes in regards to maybe Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Alberto, they'll be fine because the home fans will get them over the line in this game. Tight game. Broncos to win it 24-21 for me. And if the Broncos move to 8-6, and six, I might have to book more flights in January. I, I think it's going to take a lot more than handing it off. That's That would be my concern, that this is a Bengals side that are very good against the run. Very, very good against the run. And I'm a, I, as Mark knows, I'm a big advocate of Javante Williams. I think the kid is um, has the potential to, to really go on to, to be a superstar. But it's going to be tough setting against the Bengals side. It's going to need Teddy and, and Pat Shermer to allow Teddy to, to take some shots tomorrow. It, that's that's what it's going to need. It's going to need Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy showing up. The receivers should be there. We've heard them bigged up. It's time to deliver now if the Broncos are going to make a run at the playoffs. And I fully agree point. with you. Know, I do think this game is in. You, you win, you have a chance. If you lose, you're out. And... Uh, I still think Vic Fangio needs to make the playoffs on a personal note. Sorry, Mark, on ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say, I disagree with that. If they lose and they still win the last three, you finish 10 and 7. You, you know, it's not completely dead at that stage. But yes, you're definitely against the eight ball because you're losing a key tiebreaker against one of the teams you are potentially fighting over that wildcard spot for. I was just going to say, yes, the Bengals are very good against the run. And that's one of the things that leads me towards them. They're good against the run. If they can get the Broncos in third and long situations, Mr. Bridgewater, me, Mr. Hendrickson. We're talking about pass rushes having a good season. He's having a very good season for the Bengals. So that would be a concern there, gents. But look, great game ahead. Great game to watch. Raiders, Chargers, uh, Chiefs for the Broncos last three games, not in that order. Ravens, uh, Chiefs, Browns for the Bengals. Difficult ends of the season for both teams. Falcons, six and seven, 49 or seven, six. Um, this 49ers team are coming hot at the right time, Colin. Good win. Good, that was a very good win in Cincinnati last week. George Kittle is an absolute certified G. Yes, he, he is. But I, I thought we were going to sound the reunion klaxon because obviously it's do, the do, Falcons. Do, do, do. It's Kyle Shanahan. It's the uh, the the Super Bowl that they, they should have won if he had just gone with sticking it up the, the jumper. But he didn't want to do that, and uh, the the I mean, the, this is this is really interesting because the Falcons six and seven, the the Forty ers seven and six, and uh, you have to say the in the Falcons are they're, they're interesting and in I think both of these teams in terms of their defense similar to what we're seeing kind of around the league, right? They um, this movement towards. Uh, being prepared to to give up some of the shorter stuff, but not allowing the big plays against you. 
And um, but the, the Falcons definitely have struggled a bit more on that. Kittle has back-to-back 150-yard games. And uh, I saw, like, oh, somebody, uh, you know, Jimmy G had over 300 yards last week. It's like 150 of them were to Kittle. Like, the one guy, uh, it was 50% of them. And Kittle is just spectacular. Like, some of those balls that he was getting up to get were miles over his head, and he was still going up to to get them. And I I actually think that's something to to keep an eye on because, this Falcons defense can be a, a little bit opportunistic. Um, and if Jimmy is going to throw the ball in the manner that he sometimes does, where he launches it, um, you know, and like up, that could be that, you know, the, the Falcons defense could take advantage of that. Um, but I, I think that for, for me, I suppose, this, again, is a 49ers team that does pretty well against the run overall. And the for the Falcons, their best player this year has been Corderell Patterson. He has been, he really has been fantastic. And I, I just want to think that maybe the 49ers will be able to contain him. And you'll have Nick Bosa coming hunting for Matt Ryan. I do think that the Falcons will put up points and they're a team who in fairness it's it's Arthur Smith's first year in charge and I think given what is a, is at his disposal particularly on the defensive side of things particularly obviously losing Ridley um you know with uh health, like mental health issues he needed to take that time away but obviously for um, the team, that's a huge loss, one of your, your best receivers. I think for the Falcons overall for his first year, they will be relatively happy. You know, when you're when you're competing, you you obviously you'd like to, to get over the hump and get there. I just think this might be a little bit um early for them, particularly in San Francisco, with the Niners rolling and Kittle rolling. I'm gonna go with the the 49ers to move to eight and six. McCandy's going with the 49ers, Mark. As, as Colm alluded to, um, Carl Shanahan um, welcomes the team he cost a Super Bowl uh, to the land of the team, the other team he cost a Super Bowl, uh, arguably with his play calling. So it's a Carl Shanahan, uh, you know, mystery matchup of Super Bowl losers. But um, I'm being very mean to Carl there. The 49ers are on a bit of a tear. Yeah, they had a they had an unforgivable loss in many respects to the Seahawks. But in the last five games, they won four of the five. They've got some of the band back together, Kittle back healthy. The play calling has been much improved. They've given Jimmy you know navigable downs. Um, from nearly throwing away the game against the Bengals, which again was another game with critical playoff potential and uh, an impact. Um, they did regroup. Um, the one of the catches uh, last week from Kittle climbing up the ladder, which deserved Robbie Gould to kick the field goal at the end of the regulation, was just immense. It was just a piece of artwork to see. Um, but they didn't let it, you know, disturb them. They missed the field goal attempt, but they still went out, got the necessary touchdown. Great bit of play by Brendan Ayuk. He's there. They have the wonderful Debo, Debo uh, Samuel, who has been lightning in a bottle and that has been the real spark plug for them and much as i want to big up the falcons it's kind of shocking to imagine that they're actually at six and seven 
There have been times this season they have been abject in their performances, and yet they're one of five teams on six and seven with a real shot at a wild card, especially if they win this game. Bear in mind the Steelers have this one game advantage. The Rams are going to get one of the wild cards or the cards if they fall off a cliff. So that's one setup. 49ers have this game advantage on the other five teams. Um, so they want to keep their nose in front, especially when their last three games are the Titans, Texans, and Rams. And whilst the Texans don't worry me, going into week 18, needing a result against the Rams, even if they turn it down a little, isn't where you want to be. So it's critical to win today. Um, yeah, I've got the 49ers on this as well. I've got the 49ers, but how do I make this pick interesting? Here, here, we, here, here we go. Well, now, folks, on, on the UTV, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, who show up some weeks to have a guy, Patterson, have I pronounced that correctly? And run back, you know, I actually, you know, I was going to do that, but I can't even do Julian Simmons. We're going to try and get him on the show at some point, Mark. Uh, do you know who Julian is? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Julian. I can't even, I can't even do it. I agree with Colin. I like the way the Falcons are going in. We've seen Arthur Smith in London, and he seems like a, seems like he knows his stuff. And it would be good to hear from D. Orlando about this, but they are playing good football, scoring 29 points last week against Carline. Quite frankly, taking Carline out of the game last week in the run game. This is going to come too soon for them because George Kittle, Debo, Elijah Mitchell, Jimmy G are going to turn it on big time in Santa Clara on Sunday. And I think Nick Bosa has a great day. He hasn't tested positive for COVID, has he? No. Okay. As of recording. Uh, and I'm just taking the 49ers, boys. I think the 49ers will move to eight and six. And I just, I think it's coming too soon for the Falcons because at the end of the day, the Bucs are going to take that division anyway this weekend. So it's it's a year too soon for the Falcons. But if they can keep those guys together, maybe have another run at Matt Ryan. I like the combination between Patterson and Davis, but it's too soon. Uh, Michael, I do know who Julian is, but if we get him on the show, can I just make an early plea for closed captioning to understand the two of you talking naughty to each other? That just that would help. Talking naughty, right? Okay. Moving on very quickly. I'm going to this game, depending upon Neff um, and also Dublin Airport. Packers ten and three, Ravens eight and five. Uh, looking forward to going to this game. It looks to be fair, and this is one thing that we're not going to touch too much on. Can't see. Lamar Jackson playing in this game. Uh, I am very tempted. This is our second last game, by the way, folks. We're looking at Sunday football, and that's it. Um, Tyler Huntley will probably have to start for Baltimore column. 27 38 attempts last week, 270 yards of touchdown, 99.7 rating last week. I am the eighth seed in an eight team league. I am tempted to start Tyler Huntley on Sunday. Am I insane? Well, if it is Huntley and it looks at this point that it probably will be because Lamar didn't practice again today and hasn't practiced all week, it, it's Lamar. So if he's good to go, I think they absolutely will start him. It won't matter that he hasn't practiced. Uh, but you would have to say that it, it definitely is a, a concern. And, and we discussed in terms of the tackle that kind of took him out and some of the roughing the, the passer calls we've seen. Huntley is, is a decent QB, but he's not Lamar. He doesn't carry the same threat. And one thing you would say is while he can be accurate, he can throw, he can run, he has a tendency to lose balls in fumbles. And that would be a concern. For the, for the Ravens as well, you know, injuries really beginning to take their toll. Losing 
your especially your 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 top two cornerbacks um even if if i have issues with uh, Marcus Peters and the way he sometimes conducts himself, he he is a, a good player, and um, Marlon Humphreys can be a, a fantastic player. And going up against this Green Bay offense, Rodgers has ten touchdowns and no interceptions in his past three games. The Ravens didn't have a single solitary sack last week. They outside of Lamar, they don't really have a, a run game. Uh, and I think that the, the best one of the ways like that Chicago got at the Packers last week was Justin Fields running. Um, it was definitely a vulnerability for for the Packers. So if Lamar isn't starting, um, that that I think is, is an issue. I think the injuries have have just caught up with um, the Ravens and and Lou Derek Wolf is another guy that we haven't probably talked about enough uh, over the, the course of the season, a huge loss on their defensive line. I just think that the, the Packers will have too much. I'm no doubt the Ravens will play tough. We'll see some interesting things, but the Packers will have um, too much. And they, they have the, the real shot to be the number one seed and to have it all run through Lambeau. They are going to want that. So for me, that they will have too much for the Ravens. Big game, Mark uh, Bino. Sorry, Darren is going with the Packers. Big game, Mark. Um, it's it's a real pity that it looks as if Lamar Jackson won't play in this because it would be a really, it's going to be a good contest anyway. It'd be a really good contest, man. If this was both of them going up against the Sharks, I love the fact he's gone from being Dermot to Darren. Now it's going to evolve uh, during the rest of the show. But uh, yeah, it, it, look, it's devastating if Lamar Jackson isn't playing. I mean, in fairness, you want to see the best play the best, um, and it sounds terrible. But the only kind of bright light I can give to the Ravens actually revolves to the injuries on the other side of uh, this this field. Um, the Packers O-line. I mentioned it the other week. Uh, Jenkins and Tonyan are already out for the season. Bakhtiari's only just started practicing back. Billy Turner got injured last week, and his status is unknown at this time. Um, they're down to the, the bootstraps. And whilst Aaron Rodgers has all the talent and arm strength in the world, if the line isn't performing and giving you the option of the run game and creating uh, good enough pre- uh, protection uh, for Aaron Rodgers, it becomes very difficult to move the ball uh, in that scenario. Frankly, if I'm the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar Jackson, that is my only hope that somehow the T-line can get enough pressure on and somehow disrupt the game. Ultimately, with the amount of losses that they have had, on the injury side, I see a very, very difficult pathway on this one. I can't see past the Packers. If Lamar plays, it will make it inherently more interesting. Remember back in the day what Colin Kaepernick used to do. And Packers fans will say, yeah, but that was Don Capers' defense. That was nothing to do with the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, a running quarterback having a lot of fun at Lambeau Field, it's been done before. But for me, this is a Green Bay Packers game. They've already had their allocated number of regular season losses under Matt LaFleur. Um, that's all they're allowed to have is is three in the regular season. So uh, that's been allocated. And there is a small little family connection. Um, T. Martin, uh, who's the receivers coach for the um, the Ravens, uh, he was actually one of the Brady Six, one of the quarterbacks drafted before Brady back in the day as well. But uh, he coaches the wide receivers of the Ravens. But his son is actually Amari Rogers, who's a wide receiver and punt returner for the Green Bay Packers. So a little bit of a 
familial connection. The Brady mm -hmm. sits. Do you, I reckon he has them written down and he looks at it tucked under his pillow and he looks at it every night and just pure rage just seeks flows through him and he channels that. That's what he goes with. The Brady Six. Amazing. G Giovanni Carmazzi went to be a goat farmer, having never taken a snap in the NFL. I, I'd say Brady looks at it and you pick the goat farmer over me. He's home, home uh, 49ers as well. Go, Goat Farmer might be delighted. To be honest, that might be the best place to be during a global pandemic is on top of a mountain with a load of goats. Oh, my God. This has went to weird and wonderful places tonight. Um, look, taking Lamar Jackson and Huntley out of it, let's let's look at both teams. Freeman, I like. Like, I have Freeman myself. I think he's a great player. 72 yards last week, week before he had far more than that. Latavius Murray can work well second and third down, sharing with Freeman. Uh, where it's interesting for me is I haven't seen enough of Marquise Brown yet in the, this season. I know he's had maybe 50, 60 yards last few games. He's very inconsistent in these sort of games. Will he Will he get the ball? Will the ball go to him? I like Mark Andrews. He's consistent. Can the Ravens defense hold up against Jones, Adams, Lazard? We can go on here. This is an intriguing game. If Huntley can be efficient on the with the run handed off, and getting the ball down the field. The Ravens could win this game. But he won't be. Uh, I think it'll be a very close game. But I think towards the third and fourth quarter, the Packers will pull away. Uh, and that's why I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers. I'd like to give the Ravens organization a shout out. And uh, just thank them for the opportunity on Sunday. I cannot wait to walk in with the Wire theme tune. Full blast. She okay, right. Finally, I've been waiting all day for this, quite literally. Seeing six and seven, Bucks 10 flee Sunday night football, week 15. I see Michelle to Michelle to Tafoya column is leaving NBC this season, along with Alan Michaels. End of an era, it could be an end of an era here for this division. Bucks are about to wrap it up. Well, yeah, because the most important person in the Saints organization has COVID and is very likely not going to be involved. Uh, Sean Payton is an amazing head coach. What he does uh, with his QBs in terms of preparing them for games um, is is similar in in ways. Though he tends he does it the night before, and and they they do the. The blue dot, I think, um, it might be a different color, but he goes through and they look at the plays they're going to do. I know um, Bill Belichick does it on a Tuesday, Mark, where he says from a defensive point of view, he talks to his QBs, which I find really interesting. But losing Peyton and Peyton not having that ability to do that in person, um, I, I think is a huge um, issue for, for the Saints team. I, they'll play tough because, you know, these teams don't like e each other. And uh, Lattimore in particular uh, always seems to raise his game when they they play the, the Bucks. The Saints got the, the win the, the last time out, and it was uh, Trevor Simeon. But I think that the, the Bucks are, again, you know, will feel that, the the number one seed is is still definitely in play given everything that's gone on this year, um. So they they will be playing for that and well, Tom Brady, um. I think you know no matter what it was, will will be looking to to win. 
I just think the Saints are are too hampered at at QB. What's carried them through the last couple of games was um, Taysom, Taysom Hill running the ball rather than throwing the the ball. Um, and the Bucks are maybe not as good as they were last year, and, and we probably expected them to be at the same level. They mightn't be as as good against the run, but they're still, I think, good enough. They are the Saints have a phenomenal run defense, but the Bucks, you know, they have they have playoff Lenny who's arrived early, but that's not the, what they rely on. We know about their receiving core. Are the Saints capable of, of pulling off an, an upset? Absolutely. I just don't think they will. I think this is going to be the the Bucks, and the Bucks and Brady are going to win yet another divisional title. Ryan has selected Tampa Bay, Mark. Darren, good man. Um, anyway, um, the Mr. 700 uh, is on course for the first time in his career uh, as he currently, to set a new record, he currently leads the league in completions, attempts, yards, and touchdowns. And he's never led the league in all four of those categories. Generally, obviously, Mr. Breeze, good old long-term saint would be in the way particularly on the completions um and indeed attempts uh it's number one scoring offense it's number one passing offense it's number one overall offense um but they have never beaten the saints in a regular season game under the stewardship of tom brady so i think he'll be reminded of that once or twice Colum says he's going for the number one seed yes he is but they've lost three divisional or uh, conference games already so unfortunately the tiebreaker for them uh is in the hands of the packers uh if the two of them win out and looking at the rest of the packers schedule i think that might be beyond them but securing the second seed and at least you know the home a favorable at least two home games uh in that regard um over the cards and others uh is definitely within their grasp um to me i thought last earlier in the season they should have just beaten the saints but they didn't but this time this will be the clinching blow. They move to 11-3. and three. They seal the division, and they still keep the foot down, seeing what else they can get in terms of the seeding. The last chocolate that most people leave in the box of celebrations. Do you have celebrations in, in, in the ROI, gentlemen? We do. Are they, under, are, are they under 14.50 a box down there, or what's the crack? Anyway, celebrations a lot cheaper, man. Yeah. Back to the non-inflation talk. Um, the last chocolate most people leave now, I think, is, is bounty. Staying on that topic, Sean Payton. This would be the Saints' first game in five thousand eight hundred and twenty-five days, nearly sixteen years, and two hundred and fifty-three games of high deeper. Sean Payton or Drew Brees on the field or on the sidelines for the New Orleans Saints. It is the end of an era in New Orleans. I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do down the stretch. Maybe bringing in. A different quarterback. They're not going to really. I don't know what they're going to do because Taysom Hill's on a crazy contract. But it's an intriguing situation. Can they move on from Drew Brees in the point where they become a real contender in that division again? They're not going to be a contender in this game. Brady's going to rope the ball down to Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin. Do I need to go on here? Who won it last week? Perriman. Come on, boys. This this had to be the Sunday Night Football where I could watch it at a normal time. Didn't it? It had to be. Like this game isn't like the Bucks going to win this game. Yeah, I, I can't see any other situation uh, in which the Saints win this game. Maybe if Brady gets food poisoning and Rob Gronkowski forgets to go on the bus 
and you know like all, all these things start going on but no look the, the box will win this game uh, the one thing i will say for the saints is brady was nowhere near good enough in the second half of last week's game he is apparently well he, he is the goat so he's not doing that two weeks in a row He's going to be motivated, but he wasn't good enough in the second half of last week's game. The Bucks weren't good enough in the second half. Last, well, three points last week in the second half, so they need to improve on that. Uh, but they'll move to 10 and 4. They'll win the division. Uh, because Big Julian says so, boys. And that's it. Julian Simmons, Boris Johnson, politics, grief mythology, Brian, Darren Canada, Dermot Kennedy, loads of different things. We have done it. Has anybody got any final words before we uh, go away? for another few days back on monday night boys yeah enjoy sunday football saturday football monday football and tuesday football everybody four days i after the week we've had what happens next do you want to guess right now i thought it was going to happen now the in my opinion i think the los angeles rams are going to have a huge COVID outbreak even bigger than before. Uh, Odell Beckham tweeting negative with a big smiley face concerns me, uh, especially after he's tested positive. That means you probably have it, Odell. But positive talk. There's loads of games on a Sunday. Wherever you're watching it around the world, hope you enjoy the games. We're back apparently on Monday. I don't know if I'll be on or not, but uh, we'll see the crack. A few games on Monday, a few games on Tuesday. We'll be here to cover it. Thanks everyone for support last night with Potty and the game enjoy the game tonight for the patriots unless you're a patriots fan mark i'm only joking yeah uh, it should be a great game to be fair it should be really really good game between two good teams and we will see you on monday night enjoy week 15 and it says at the bottom beside mark's head let's pray every game happens good night good afternoon it's long fun. Hey, you are. good luck <laughs>